Hello, everybody, and welcome to Stories from Eorzea. I apologize for what's about to happen, but here is my attempt at an acapella theme song. Welcome to my podcast. It's stories from me or So listen to my podcast right now. Listen to my podcast right now. It's stories from me or Not stories or from me or But listen and enjoy right now. I mean, I especially enjoy the explosion at the end, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I think that was about 30 seconds of hell that I probably shouldn't have included in this podcast. But you know what, everybody? I did. So, as the podcast says, welcome to Stories from Eorzea. This is a podcast that is no longer about stories and no longer from Eorzea. Except now it is about Final Fantasy VII. Sort of. This is going to be another of my series in Final Reflections, where I take something that I thought about while playing Final Fantasy VII and rate it on a five-star basis. But before I get into that, I really, really want to talk about how freaking upset I am right now. So I'm playing Final Fantasy and it's all going great. I've only had one game over. It was leaving Midgar. It was a good boss battle. I was like one potion short when I did it through in my second playthrough. I managed to make it through um, without having to buy another potion, just uh, approach the fight a little bit more strategically, and bam, I'm out of Midgar, into the open world. Everything's going great. I hit one place, I hit through a cavern, I hit another place. I make it to the Golden Saucer, I hit Cosmo Canyon, everything's going awesome. And then I get to the Shinra Mansion. And look, the Shinra Mansion isn't really all that hard. I'm playing the Materia Lockdown. The party I'm running with right now is Cloud, who is Red Materia only. Yuffie, who is Red Materia only. And who's my third? Cloud, Yuffie, and Tifa, who is Yellow Materia only. And I have zero in the ways of heals, but I'm putting out decent amounts of damage. I'm really enjoying myself. Um, I've never used Yuffie as a main character in any of my playthroughs on this game. And I decide I'm going to pick up Vincent. Now, for those of you that haven't played Final Fantasy VII before, uh, what are you doing listening to my podcast? Because I'm pretty sure I know every single one of you that listen to this and you all play Final Fantasy VII. With the exception of Ryanin. Hey, Ryanin, if you're listening to this, here's a shout out. Hi, Ryanin. You should do the thing with me. You know what I'm talking about. Anyways. For those of you that haven't played Final Fantasy for those of you that haven't played Final Fantasy VII, hi again, Rhiannon. 
when you recruit Vincent, you have to fight an optional boss. The optional boss is inside of a safe, and to unlock the safe, you have to put in the combination in less than 30 seconds. Uh, that would normally be fine. I have no idea how you're supposed to do this um, without a strategy guide or a walkthrough or something. Like, I don't think there were any hints that, like, suggest what the combination is. But in today's day and age, I have a thing called the internet, so I just look up the combination, I'm good to go. Except that in order to put the combination in, you have to scroll through every single number between. And so 30 seconds isn't a lot of time. I spent about 45 minutes uh, putting that combination into my muscle memory because uh, getting it entered in time to open the safe is the worst. Finally, though, I do it. I open the safe. The boss pops out. It's a boss that's bigger than the safe. I have no idea how it fit inside, but there it is. I'm fighting it. I'm fighting it. Everything's going great. I'm fighting it. I threw out an X potion. Everything's going great. I'm fighting it. I'm fighting it. I'm fighting it. And then, oh my gosh, Tifa's down in one hit. Yikes. That's okay. I have Yuffie. I throw a Phoenix down. I'm waiting for Yuffie's turn. And suddenly, <gasps> before Yuffie got to go... It hit Yuffie in a single hit, and now Yuffie's down, and now all I have left is Cloud. But I threw out another Phoenix down, and I think I've still got this. Only before his Phoenix down gets off, he gets killed in one hit, and suddenly I'm looking up the game over section, and then it hits me. I haven't saved this stupid game in 90 minutes. I'm all the way on the other side of a mountain, across a river, and inside a forest at a broken down reactor. The game loads back in, and all I can do is stare at the broken re uh, reactor in horror and realize that I have to play through 90 minutes of game again less than that because hopefully opening the combination won't take as long except I'm not super confident in my ability to repeat so it might take just as long and I'm not happy about it I looked at the game and I said nope and then I went to play smash and then I turned the game on yesterday and thought all right now's the time to play and I looked at it and thought nope now's the time to go play smash and then today, I thought, I should finally get going on this game. And I looked at it and thought, nope, I'm going to go prepare stuff for Dungeons & Dragons instead. Moral of the story is, it sucks to lose 90 minutes of gameplay. And I haven't had a game uh, that I've played recently where that's possible. Because nowadays, there's a thing called autosave. And I really hate games that don't have autosave. That should lead into a review about autosaves, but it didn't because I am not that organized. No. Today, I am going to be reviewing the topic of cross-dressing. And I'm sure you're wondering, how in the world does cross-dressing fit into Final Fantasy VII? 
Well, Rhiannon's probably asking that. Everyone else has already played Final Fantasy VII, and they understand that Cloud cross-dresses all the frickin' time. Okay. Well, he cross-dresses once. Twice, when I decide to reset the game and play through that part again. But not three times, because even though you can get three different endings, that's also the worst part of the entire game, and only a lunatic would sit through it three times in rapid succession just to see the alternate endings. And I'm not a lunatic, but I am a cross-dresser. Well, I'm sort of a cross-dresser. I'm transgender, and when I present female, I don't consider that cross-dressing. It's more accurate to say that I used to be a cross-dresser. I came out as a trans woman back in 2007, but before that, I have a long history of experimenting with female clothing, and I want to start this review with a story. I call it the corset dilemma. Let's set the scene. Imagine... You've just graduated high school, it's the first semester of college, and the semester has been a revelation. You lost a week of it playing Final Fantasy VII nonstop because no one was there to tell you to put the game down and go to class. Looking back on it more than a decade later, you might even look at that week and go, oh yeah, that was a major sign of depression, how was I so oblivious for so long? But that time hadn't come yet, and I loved that week. I beat the game for the first time. It wasn't the first time I played it. That had been back in the year it came out, sitting in front of a badly ported PC version with controls that made no sense and made timing maneuvers so difficult. I still have flashbacks back to trying to do squats in the worst part of the game. But this playthrough, the one of that week was the perfect playthrough. I don't mean that I 100%ed the game, but I had all the time in the world to do what I wanted. I got all the ultimate weapons. I did the whole chocobo breeding things. I got Knights of the Round. And then I killed Sephiroth so fast that my teenage self would have gasped in disbelief. And those old playthroughs, I thought that son of a pretend ancient half a dozen times or more, and always he killed me. But this time, it was like cutting through butter. I didn't even get the chance to summon Knights of the Round, because I ended the white-haired edgy villain with a neat omni-slash right to his handsomely scarred face. It was epic. But Final Fantasy wasn't the only thing of note that semester. During that semester, my high school friends and I conversed on Yahoo Messenger groups constantly. We made a board that we called JMK JMK BD or Jumka Jumka Bada, which was the first letter from each of our friends' names. It stands for Julie, Marianne, Kenny, Jenny, Marcus, Catherine, Ben, and Dan. That has later been changed to Jumka Jumka because I changed my name and it no longer starts with a B. Anyways, we use this message board more like a chat room. Our posts were so constant that we would rack up thousands of posts in a single week. 
many of those posts were one or two word responses and the conversations moved so fast that sometimes you would be responding to a message that was sent six replies and two conversations ago. We were well practiced in the art of balancing conversations. And one ongoing conversation that happened that entire semester is what my friend uh, Carrie and I wanted for our birthdays. Corsets. We wanted corsets. Carrie had never had a corset before, and I still identified as male. The idea of wearing a corset was new and exciting to me, and we had this conversation over and over. What color did we want? Red. Was it lacy? Yes. Would it be sexy? Hell yeah. And then our birthdays came, and we both got what we wanted. A few months later, I slept with my first boy, and I wore that corset. Let me just say, I rocked it. But then the semester was over, and it was time to go home. And of course, we weren't allowed to leave anything in the dorms, because it was probable that we would be switching rooms. So my stuff went into boxes and suitcases and garbage bags, and I headed home for the summer. That summer, I worked for Best Buy. It's not a job I recommend. But one day, I came home to my dad's house and walked through the door. He was standing at the counter. He looked up at me, and in a serious tone, he said, Hey, is there anything you want to tell me? And I'm sure I don't have to explain the little well of panic that curls in your stomach when a parent asks that question. I still get that butterfly, gut-clenching feeling when my parents use that tone of voice, and I haven't lived with them in a long, long time. So I'm squirming. I've done lots of things my parents wouldn't approve of recently, including making out and then sleeping with a boy. But I have no idea in the world what my dad is talking about. And I'm not going to give the game away when I don't even know what we're playing yet. So I look at him and say, uh, anything I want to tell you? Um, I can't think of anything. And he fixes me with a stern look. Nothing at all. Um, not that I can think of. He rolls his eyes, and then he says, Who's the girlfriend? And I just stare at him, completely nonplussed. I can't describe the amount of confusion I'm feeling in that moment. I've done lots of things, and I was sure once I knew what the problem was, I'd have to confess to something. But this? A girlfriend? What in the world was he talking about? And so I just look at him and I'm like, uh, girlfriend? <laughs> what? And he rolls his eyes even harder than before. And he looks at me and he says, you can stop pretending. I found the corset. And then <laughs> comprehension dawns on me like the morning sun. Oh, I exclaim. That's not my girlfriend's corset. It's mine. And he just looks at me. <laughs> and he says, yeah, sure it is. Really now, who is the girlfriend? <laughs>
<laughs> and he kept looking at me and he was so serious and it was all I could do not to burst into laughter right there. And I was like, no, dad, seriously, it's mine. But he still didn't believe me. It took a half an hour and two phone calls to two separate friends before he finally believed that the corset was mine. And then we never talked about it again. Uh, you see, my dad has come a long way in the 10 plus years since that story took place. But at the time, anything even hinting at a feminine identity, we just didn't talk about. I have other memories of cross-dressing as well. I dressed up in dresses with a good friend and we toured the town together with my friends. I went to the Rocky Horror Picture Show several times. I cross-dressed on a blind date to a sketchy bookstore. Luckily, my date never showed up, and looking back on that particular decision, I think I could have come away murdered. But let me tell you, my outfit that day rocked. Brown jeans, cowboy boots, bright pink turtleneck, sexy walk. I would have been the sexiest girl to ever be murdered at that creepy bookstore that was really a sex store. I also got pulled over by a cop on that trip for speeding, and uh, that was an experience. But that was one of the last times I cross-dressed, and the major difference between cross-dressing and presenting female for me is this. When I cross-dressed, I was doing it to gain attention. Now when I present female, it's to blend in as much as possible. I have more cross-dressing stories. I could tell you about the time that I broke into tears watching a drag show, knowing that I would never be as pretty as the girls dancing on stage, or the time when a mechanic outed me to my mother. But those stories I'm going to save for different reviews and a later time. If I give all my stories away at once, I'll run out of things to talk about. In the meantime, what am I going to rate cross-dressing? Well, I'm mostly going to rate on my experiences, which have mostly been positive. So, I give cross-dressing four stars. Now, this is probably the time you should turn my podcast off. Because what I'm about to play for you is another attempt I made at putting together my own theme song. And I was playing with the pitches and I made this hilariously terrible thing that sounds like it was sung by a bunch of whistles. And it's loud and it's shrill and you probably don't want to listen to it. So now is the time to turn this off and tune in next Friday from another story from Stories from Eorzea. All right, everyone gone? Good. Let's enjoy the theme song I made together as my outro. Ciao, everyone.